And now back to Rainbow Bright. Hey, everybody. I'm Iris, and I'm the executive producer of Rainbow Bright. And I'm Lawrence, executive producer of Rainbow Bright. And you are listening to Brightcast. Totally forgot to introduce myself. Rude. Welcome to Brightcast. Thank you for downloading. This is Renee Stowe of RainbowBright.co.uk. And this is Katie Carty Hiley of RainbowBright.net. This is episode 11 for November 2014. And we have a bit more information to give you guys about the new Rainbow Bright cartoon that's coming out soon before we get into the absolutely awesome interview that you're going to listen to in this episode. Why don't you start us off with what's been released since the last episode where we talked about it? Certainly. This past week, we were introduced to what the color kids were going to look like. Every day for the past, I guess, almost week and a half, they released a new character, starting with Red Butler, Lala Orange, Canary Yellow, Patio Green, Buddy Blue, Indigo, and Shy Violet. All of the original color kids. Woohoo! Isn't that great? Yeah, we were wondering in other episodes if they were going to change genders, change names. They did change nationalities on one of them, but they didn't do a lot of changing. So I would have been fine either way, honestly. But the only one they'd really changed, as far as that goes, is Shy Violet, who now has an Asian look to her. Then they released the villains, Murky Dismal, Lurky, and Stormy. Isn't that rad? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they call her a tough cookie. Says she can make all sorts of bad weather, which makes her feel kind of left out. But I know that without a little rain, there'd never be any rainbows. So it doesn't necessarily call her out as a villain. Although in the posters we've seen since then, and the image they released on their Twitter, where she was actually hanging out with Murky and Lurky, we were assuming that she's a villain, at least in the beginning of the series. But we're not absolutely certain yet. For Stormy to be a villain, it honestly does make sense. Because as we've covered in previous episodes of Brightcast, which if you haven't heard them, we'll go ahead and repeat a little bit here. Stormy was originally designed to be a villain. At least in the toy product line, before they changed her to a good guy. I haven't found anything written in scripts or storyboards to back this up. We only have a blurb from one of the toy designers. Yes. So at least in someone's mind that worked on the original, she was going to be a bad guy. So it's not completely out in left field that they made that decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that the lightning bolt uh, being her symbol and also being part of Murky Symbol does make a lot of sense for her to at least start in that direction. Uh, But doesn't mean she has to stay there. I like rooting for the underdog and for things to change and her to become good would be very happy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> we give her a cool backstory, too. Indeed. Uh, one thing that I think is also interesting is they did change uh, Murky Dismal and Lurky. Those were definitely other changes other than the color kids looking slightly different. Murky looks about the same to me, personally. Mm-hmm. Lurky is completely different, in my opinion. He was always kind of this gentle giant, but he looks kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Although I saw someone, I believe on the forums, that had a pretty convincing theory as to why they may have changed him is Mm -hmm. that perhaps these days the kind of lovable oaf but not very bright that he used to be character could come across as being mentally challenged yes and they wouldn't want to insult children that actually do have mental issues so perhaps that's why they're distancing themselves from that type of character. But I think, again, we haven't heard him speak or seen him move. He may still act exactly the same, just in a different body. I don't know. But maybe they were trying to move a little bit further away from that stereotype. But most of the color kids are not straight out of the 80s, but they're, they're very reminiscent of their original designs. They're not way out in left field. I think the one that's probably most different is Shy Violet just with the nationality change and her hair color, instead of that very light lilac color that it used to be, now it's very, very dark purple, almost black. So that was a little weird, but not the end of the world. I still think that Patty's wearing a skort or shorts or something. They're cute. (laughs) They are cute. It's hard to tell in, in some of these pictures. 
they go about from the knee up, but we can't see their, their boots or their shoes or whatever below that point. So, and then red Butler doesn't have his cape anymore, but then again, I'm still reminded of, uh, from the Incredibles that a fashion designer saying no capes. (laughs) (laughs) And like one of the other fans said, there was never a good reason for him to have one in the first place. So, you know, none of the other color kids had capes. So why did he? I don't know. It was cute on the doll and everything. But yeah, I I don't find it to be that big of a deal that he doesn't have one now. Now, Lala Orange, she looks almost exactly the same. I love Canary Yellow's new haircut. It is adorable. It's very spunky and cute. Mm -hmm. And uh, Indigo looks just about the same. And so does... uh, Buddy Blue, except for he has this like a blonde, almost like a light streak in his hair. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's at least in the it image. Is blue, but it's it's a lighter blue than the rest of his hair. So yeah, he's got a little, I don't know what you call that, bad <laughs> <Stripe>. highlight job. <laughs> <laughs> but Patty still got her pigtails. I love that. Some of the eye colors are different this time around. The belts don't have stars on them anymore. It looks just like a, a crystal, basically. So, yeah, maybe they just have color crystals on their belts. The only thing I found odd with that was there was no consistency with the color of the crystal. Because the first three, it matched the color of the kid. Red crystal on red, orange crystal on Lala orange, yellow one on canary yellow. And then it stayed yellow for patio green and buddy blue. And then it went purple for indigo and back to yellow for shy violet. It did that with a couple of the original dolls, too. I was looking at some pictures from of the vintage line, and I was thinking, oh, did they change uh, Buddy Star to being yellow, or was it supposed to be blue? And it actually was yellow in a picture that I had. Hmm. That's interesting. Now i got to go look at my dolls after we're done here. <laughs> I, I don't think it was on the doll itself, but I, I remember it was on a picture of uh, an illustration. Oh, oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, the original wasn't 100% consistent all the time. So, <laughs> well, we've always had that argument about uh, Starlight's hair in the cartoon versus any of the illustrations and even the movie because yeah. it changed pattern. Which is which was funny. Okay, so this is another thing that's happened since our last episode, and this is mentioned a little bit later in the interview. But I did get a new tattoo recently that's Rainbow Bright related, and Starlight is part of it, and that was part of the question that the artist had for me. She's like, "Do you want me to start with red or start with blue?" And I'm like. Man, that's a really good question. I don't know. Because <laughs> both are pretty much equally correct. So I think we, we ended up starting with blue on top just because mm-hmm. it, it looked better with the rest of the colors that was going on. So, yeah. Yeah. And on the toys, <laughs> it, it was purple first. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> so, so a few other things that we've also found out since our last episode is Phelan did give us some more little teasers. Uh, other than the characters that they released, uh, some comparisons of before and now. See, before, uh, Rainbow Bright had, you know, this nice big, what they called it, big and bangy haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's now more of a simple ponytail. And they changed Twink again, it seems. Yes. Instead of Twink or Twinkle, he is now Mr. Glitters. And he squeaks <laughs> instead of speaks. Which is adorable, but we talk about that in the interview, too. (laughs) Yes. Um, Another thing that they brought up was, of course, Brian is now going to be a main character, which I'm really looking forward to that. And what else? Hmm. That the main nemesis is now the Dark Princess instead of Murky. Which is interesting, because Murky is still in it. So we're kind of wondering if he's going to be like a henchman for her now, like he was for the evil one. Yeah, like in the beginning of Rainbow Land. Yeah. I had a really funny theory flit through my brain the other day. Because, okay, she's the Dark Princess, but we're never shown who the king and queen, like her parents were. So what (laughs) if her father was the King of Shadows? Dun, dun, dun. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wow, that would be nuts. And that would explain why she hates Rainbow so much. And maybe she doesn't want the belt to wear it. She wants to steal it and then throw it away again or destroy it. Dun, dun, dun. Well, she's not after the belt in this one. She's after the key. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how things have changed in uh, this new iteration. I can't wait for Thursday. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, uh, the first episode of the Rainbow Bright Show premieres on Feelin' on November 6th. The second episode is November 13th, which is a week after the first. And then episode three is November 20th, which is a week after the second. So they're each a week apart, going from the 6th to the 20th. So yeah, by the end of this month, we should have at least all the story that they're going to tell thus far. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and if you haven't seen all of these wonderful things we were talking about, go on Facebook and go to the new Rainbow Bright page or go to Twitter and look for Bright is Back or Tumblr. Also, the account name is Bright is Back. And they've posted a lot. They've cross posted a lot of these pictures on those as well. So, yeah, be sure to check all those out and let us know what you think. OK, now time to get back to the part that you guys really have been listening for. Time to get to the interview. Hi, we have two incredibly special guests today. We have executive producers Irish Ichishta and Lawrence Braun, and we are so excited to speak with both of them. Hi guys, how you doing? Hi Katie, hi Renee. Iris is the executive producer on the brand new Rainbow Bright series that's coming out on Feelin.com. And we wanted to pick her brain a little bit about this new show coming out because we are absolutely astounded and excited and we have all the questions in the world. (laughs) I share all enthusiasm. I can't wait for it to get out there. Before we get into the Rainbow Bright questions, I wanted to ask a little bit about your background, such as... When did you realize that you wanted to work in the television industry? Like, what did you major in in college to to help you on that journey? And what was your first job in the industry? Cool. Well, I'm a filmmaker and a producer. I decided that I wanted to either act, write, or produce when I was an undergraduate studying creative writing. I worked in the industry for six years, starting as a production assistant and a background actor, I basically just did whatever I could to get on set and to learn how films were made. And from there, I worked into independent producing and basically did everything I could to produce at any level, including uh, independent short films, industrials, music videos, and some independent features. And at a certain point, I decided I wanted to sharpen my skills even more, and I always had ambitions to go to graduate school. So I went to USC and got a master's in fine arts in motion picture producing specifically from the Peter Stark program there. I was there for two years and um, since then have been working in in new media. That's fantastic. (laughs) Thanks. And would you like to tell us um, some of the projects that you have worked on in the last few years? Sure. Well, in the last few years, I've been at Phelan, formerly known as Spirit Clips, and I've done over... I think at this point, 80 short independent films. Wow, that is impressive. I mean, all of your education is already impressive, (laughs) but experience on top of that and that you've been in feeling pretty much since the beginning, it sounds like. You obviously know your way around (laughs) the industry. That makes us feel good that our property is in good hands. Certainly not my hands alone. You know, I have a really fantastic team here, many of whom I've been working with for you know, over three years now, and I certainly couldn't have done it without them. Just one point of clarification, too. Spirit Clips is actually founded by Rob Frieden in 2006, and it launched in 2008. I joined the team in 2010 as an executive producer, and I'm now heading up all of our content. Okay, fantastic. Getting into Rainbow Bright a little bit, I'm curious how much did you know about Rainbow Bright before you began work on this project? Did you watch the original show in the 80s? And would you say that you were already a fan of the property? Definitely. Yeah, I grew up watching Rainbow Bright and loving Rainbow Bright. In fact, I think I was Rainbow Bright for Halloween, however many odd years ago, which is kind of ironic because I'm going to be Rainbow Bright for Halloween this year, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Pictures. Yes. (laughs) We need all the pictures, please. (laughs) It's so much fun to dig one up and do it then and now. But I'm really dating myself by saying this. Hey, we did the exact same thing. It's all good. (laughs) So I was definitely a fan first. And when I discovered that our beloved Rainbow Bright was a part of Hallmark's collection of properties, I just knew that it was the project to do here at Phelan. So was it your idea to reboot the series or was that someone else that came up with that idea and then you ran with it? 
Well, you know, ideas are cheap. Ideas are just ideas. It's about execution. And there were people who helped me identify, you know, that Rainbow was part of the archives. There were people who thought it would be really exciting what not to do. But I wouldn't say that it was necessarily my idea. I mean, I'm not going to take credit for Rainbow Bright coming back to the screen just because, you know, I saw it in the collection of pieces of intellectual property. Basically, what happened was a former animator of ours, Craig Clark, was basically mining what are the Hallmark archives. It's a system called Proto. And he identified a number of pieces of intellectual property that could be appropriate for us. And I went through those with him and I saw that Rainbow Bright was a part of the collection and was overjoyed to see that. And since then, it's been just a a process of getting this approval and getting the creative freedom to bring her back to life. Does that answer your question? It does. And I just want to extend a huge thank you to you and Craig and, you know, everyone else who got that process rolling because, you know, you could have just bypassed it and said, oh, that's been done or it didn't succeed the last time they tried. Why should we bother? There are probably many other intellectual properties that were tempting to go with instead of. So we're really, really thankful that you gave her another shot and that so far it's looking amazing. We'll get into that later, I'm sure, but we are thrilled so far uh, with what we've seen and the quality behind it and the teamwork and the love that's coming through. Because with some of the, the previous attempts, it just felt kind of bland, almost like they were trying to make a buck, but they didn't really necessarily feel much for the characters or for the property or for the universe. But obviously you guys, you know, you especially grew up with it. So you already had a nostalgic link to it. And I think that's coming through really well in what we've seen so far. And probably other people working on the project also are around our age and knew it from childhood. So we're thankful that a lot of that is seeping into the new show. Thank you. I mean, your enjoyment and support of the project is what's most important to us. And it's so rewarding at this point. You know, we've been working on this for a long time now. I think I initiated the process in December of 2011. So it's been a long time in coming. And as you can imagine, it it takes time. And if anyone is going to put that kind of time into it, it's because they really care. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Now, how much research did you guys do? You already had a basic knowledge, obviously, of the property, but you and your team, when you really started working on the project, what kind of research did you do and did you enjoy that? And we basically just tried to soak up as much of Rainbow, her world and her character as we could, but also filtered through a a very current and modern vision. I think that we basically took everything that we knew and loved about Rainbow from our experience and put it through our creative filters here at VLAN. Instead of using rose-colored glasses, you used modern glasses. Well, we used our glasses. We used our perspectives and our paradigms, for better or for worse. But just like we were saying before, you know, it comes from our passion and our love for the character. So I hope that that's what you know you feel in this current iteration of Rainbow. Absolutely. And was this at all connected with the 30th anniversary art show that took place at Hallmark headquarters earlier this year? I think it's a really great question. The fan art that was displayed in that gallery showing was was really inspirational to both myself and to Lawrence Braun, executive producer. We went out and saw it in the spring and really just tried to see what was it that people were highlighting? What was it that people found really beloved? Or what is what was it that they found completely a key to Rainbow's character? And we took all those things and and made sure that we tried to do them justice. Fantastic. And could you explain the role of executive producer, what you and Lawrence both kind of what your responsibilities are just for those of us not in the industry (laughs) don't quite understand those titles? Sure. Yeah. Well, they're different for every project, but basically we are the creative guardians of Rainbow Bright in this new iteration. I saw to it that we could bring her to light from initiating the process back in December of 2011, you know, up through delivering it to the fans. And Lawrence was really creatively spearheading the development of the material and overseeing the styling of the characters through the animation and through the artists. In addition, I would, I would also add the not fun things to talk about, <laughs> producer, which involve a lot of legal, a lot of business affairs, a lot of the many, many, many business elements and decisions and departments that you have to deal with in order to bring a full show to fruition. 
basically as an executive producer, you do everything from start to finish and everything in between. I mean, if you're not, you're not animating, you're not editing, you're not writing, you're not directing per se, but you're doing everything else that needs to go into making a project, like seeing it through the legal processes, working with a, a writer when they need creative direction, when they need a sounding board, being there for the animators, running and maintaining the budget and the schedule. I mean, really, you name it. And obviously dressing up as Rainbow Bright herself to inspire creativity. <laughs> That's right. You know, I'd love to say that I, I dressed up as Rainbow to inspire the crew, but really it's just going to be limited to this Halloween. Oh, <laughs> still, that's amazing to me that you're doing it at all. That makes me really, really happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the most unlikely Rainbow, right? You know, dark haired, Japanese, Mexican. I don't really have a lot in common with her physically. <laughs> Oh, don't let that stop you. Rainbow's for everybody. <laughs> I would like to say that I aspire to the characteristics that we admire Rainbow for. Her sense of adventure, her unflappable positivity, her natural knack for leadership and for cooperation. I mean, these are all things that I aspire to just as a human being. Absolutely. I think Renee and I both would say we've subscribed to the same morals, rules, however you want to phrase it. But we've kind of tried to live up to that standard as well, because she's a character we've looked up to since we were children. Renee, would you say that you as well have always looked up to Rainbow as a role model to look up to? Yes. You said the development of the show began in 2011, or at least the idea began began in 2011, correct? Yeah, t- uh, December of 2011. Okay. So when was the project actually kind of greenlit? Like you were given the okay that, yes, this is going to happen. Go ahead and assemble your team, that kind of thing. Basically the beginning of the year, but it didn't really get moving until we brought uh, executive producer Lawrence Braun into the picture to really spearhead the process. And when were you brought in, uh, Lawrence? Um, it's mid-March this year. Okay. I'm curious. I've heard of, with other reboots, during the research process, studios will come up with kind of a series Bible to refer back to if ever they have a question about a character, like what they did in the past or what they what might motivate them in the future. Did you guys come up with anything like that when you were doing your research? We do have a Bible, I guess, it's, as it's called in the industry, that we referred to. And it was something that was developed with the writer, Rachel Vine. Basically, Rachel Vine had a very specific take on this new iteration of Rainbow, this new incarnation of Rainbow. And we really liked her take. It really resonated with us. And it was with her that we developed, you know, basically what was the Bible that we could refer to. And whenever we had questions about what Rainbow would do in a specific situation or how the rules of the world worked. Awesome. I know that's something that Renee and I would probably drool over. (laughs) We also had a lot of great sources from Hallmark for the classic version of Rainbow Bright from the 80s. And so when we were developing that Bible with Rachel, we were getting her informed and deep into all the resources that Hallmark had for us for the original show. With her, it was not only getting immersed in the Hallmark materials, but in addition, sitting back down, rewatching all the episodes, the movie, And then really sitting down and thinking about, okay, now how do we construct this new Bible for this new show? Excellent. When coming up with the new Bible, which is basically, I guess, the rules that the stories would probably follow, did you go over anything about the appearance of the characters? I think that her character descriptions really informed the styling that we end up going with, but... It basically informed what the artist created. They took her attitude, they took her sensibilities, and they basically captured that in character form. So I think it was really a collaboration between the character development that Rachel and Lawrence did and the character styling that Evan, who's our animation director, and Ray, who's one of our animators, really spearheaded on the artistic side. We actually went through a couple different versions. You know, it was it was a testing ground for a considerable amount of time. We knew that reinventing and coming up with a new vision for the the look of Rainbow Bright and and all the color kids and and everybody had to be done very carefully. It had to be something that everyone kind of looked at and got really excited about and was also still true to the personality and the the great character traits that, that originally are with Rainbow Bright. We definitely wanted to check our sources. You know, we we worked with experts in the field who totally understand modern and current character styling. We worked with Rachel, who had a really great sensibility for 
this new incarnation of Rainbow. We work with artists at Hallmark who obviously have a wealth of experience in character development. And we're aiming for something that was going to be not revolutionary, but evolutionary for the character. That's a really good way to put it. I like that. I wish I could say it was my own, but it really came from someone who was really smart at Hallmark. (laughs) (laughs) So was it one particular person that finalized the style or was it a collaborative effort? It was a collaborative effort, but, you know, ultimately as executive producers, you have to call it when things are done, when things are ready, we need to move on. I just didn't know if there was one particular artist to attribute the new style to necessarily, or was it, like you said, did it evolve more slowly than that? As like we said um, previously, there were a lot of steps. So to say that um, the styling uh, really landed with one artist, not, I'm not exactly sure we can we can truly say that, but um, I would I would call it a collaboration. And the person that who really you know grabbed where we were at with the character design and and really um, took it to took it all the way home was uh, Ray Arizon. If anyone deserves the bulk of the credit for the character design for this show, I would say it exists with him. Sweet. Thank you, Ray. We love you. <laughs> we love you too, Ray. <laughs> so you spoke about Rachel coming on very early on doing the writing. Has anyone else done writing on this show so far, or has it primarily been her? As of right now, it was entirely Rachel Vine. Awesome. Rachel Vine came to us with a new take on Rainbow Bright, one that we developed with her, and then she ran with it from there. I'm really, really excited to see what she does with it. (laughs) And it sounds like she's having fun so far, just from the little tidbits that we've seen. Yeah, I think so. Oh, she had a ball working on this. She loved the experience of envisioning and writing and living in the creative playground of Rainbow Land. She had a great time. Yeah, one of my favorite experiences was seeing Rachel in the recording studio when we had Emily and Molly and the supporting cast in there. You know, for her to see the dialogue that she had written come to life and to see her joy and, and share in that joy is really rewarding. Part of how we landed on Rachel was because of how passionate she was about Rainbow Bright. And that really shown through in her pitching and, and her just enthusiasm and very, very, very specific inspiration for the show. Oh, that sounds amazing. I wish I could have seen that. <laughs> I'm just imagining the, the look that was probably on her face seeing this come to life. That must have just been an, an amazing moment. Do you know if she had prior knowledge of Rainbow Bright before this? Like, did she grow up around the same era as we did? Or did she watch it as a child? Do you know? Yeah, I think Rachel is as big a fan as any of us. Awesome. <laughs> I'm just, I'm hearing all the fans listening to this squeeing <laughs> simultaneously, like, oh my God, a person who was a fan of the show actually got to be the writer on the show and the executive producer on the show. And, and animators, all of that, like I said, is showing through already. And I think it will even more when we can see the full episodes. But to me, and probably Renee as well, especially, that means so much that you guys already had that love for her and just taking it to the next level. It's way better than somebody just saying, oh, yeah, this will probably make some money. Let's throw something together, which is kind of how the previous tries ended up feeling that may not have been the case but the love never seemed to show through whereas with this so far it absolutely is so kudos to you guys we're We're really excited we're so glad you guys are excited now about the voice actors that you were just mentioning did you already have some voice actors in mind when you began the project or did they go through an audition process how did that work We were really looking for someone, especially for Rainbow Bright, who could embody the energy and the ebulence and the positivity that we were looking for. And Emily was at the top of our list. We were so excited about even the possibility of her doing it. And we're just elated that we were able to sign her first, uh, voicing Rainbow for these episodes. And with Molly, you know, we really wanted to go with a, a very modern and very fresh sensibility on the evil queen, you know, she's not your typical kind of evil witch-like nemesis. She's got a really fun and interesting sensibility that I, I think only Molly could have done. Nice. I'm really, really excited to hear more from her. I mean, obviously, growing up in the 80s, I watched all of the John Hughes movies and am a huge fan. So that's super duper exciting. 
It was yeah. it was a really fun experience to work with Molly. She was a great time. Yeah, really. She really does have such a unique take on the Dark Princess. One that we couldn't have even anticipated. I mean, we knew that that Molly was the right choice for the Dark Princess, but when we saw her bring her to life, I think all of us didn't know what we were in for. Oh wow. That makes me even more excited. <laughs> can you give us any hints about other voice actors that we can look forward to hearing? That's a good question. We really have some great, experienced, veteran, working voice actors in our supporting roles. We're really excited about Marcus Toji, who is voicing Brian. And we're also really so fortunate to have Cam Clark as a part <gasps> of our supporting cast. Did you just say Cam Clark? Yes. He did. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. okay okay i'm a huge he-man fan as well so that just blew my mind (laughs) yeah let me let me me tell you i i took a picture with my favorite ninja turtle donatello when i first recorded with cam clark it was really exciting oh my god oh my god oh my god he's gonna be voicing uh murky dismal as well as the color kid red butler My reaction is never going to be anything like hers. She's just, wow. <laughs> I can't compete with that. <laughs> it's not a competition. It's just difference in personalities. <laughs> oh, my God. I really could sing the praises of all of our supporting cast, but someone else I want to highlight is, um, I think it might be an introducing credit in terms of voice acting for Alexandra Krosny, who is voicing Stormy. And I think that she really brought something special to that character. Sweet. I can't wait to research these guys and see what else they've done. I mean, Kim Clark, I've obviously already heard of. But right off the, the top of my head, I can't place the other names. Uh, but I'll definitely be doing some research. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Uh, what about singers or like, because I know there's there's a theme song coming up. I saw a tweet about that. Singers or composers that are working on the show. Uh, can you talk about any of them? Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited to have the musical talent that we have involved with this new project. We have both our original score composers who've done all the underscoring for the episodes. They've been a really great team. Deborah Ellen and Rachel Lawrence created our new theme song, and it was sung by Elizabeth Lauren Hoffman. And I think it's just kind of a dream team. I mean, it's a really fun, fresh, and new sensibility for the Rainbow Bright theme song. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> Do you like the theme song? Wait, we haven't heard the theme song yet, have we? Oh, you haven't heard it yet. No, I haven't heard it yet. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? <laughs> no, you haven't, not yet. <laughs> okay, so I just want to say the theme song's kind of going to blow your mind. <laughs> and it's really fun and fresh and new and it has a kind of like rocker sensibility. I think it's going to resonate for our kid audience and our adult audience alike. Nice was the music that we've heard so far in the trailers I'm really digging. I don't know if that's very reminiscent of the theme song itself or what's going to be underscoring the show, but if so, or even if it's not, I do like it. (laughs) Just wanted to let you know. We're going for a very specific kind of epic feel and a fun feel with the trailers and the teasers that we've released thus far. I think it reflects the kind of attitude or tone that we're taking the series, but it's not necessarily indicative of the music itself. I believe you've heard a little bit of something and maybe one of the promos, but you know, on November 6th, you're going to be introduced to a whole new sound and music that we haven't released much of. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. I was curious what kind of market research was conducted. I think you just mentioned that some was done to uh, see what kind of animation styles were current, what was popular these days. I was just a little curious what the process of that was. Sure. Well, I mean, I think that we did a lot of quote unquote market research as consumers. What do we like? What do we want to see? Mm-hmm. And what do we think is going to resonate with, with fans today? Being kind of within part of our target audience, I think, makes that process relatively fun and informal. I wouldn't say we approached it from like a, a real strategic or corporate. We approached it from a very personal level. What is going to work for us in terms of the animation style and the overall sense, tone and sensibility of the project? Yeah, we went through a lot of different discussions, uh, sitting down and looking at different styles of animation and taking a look at a lot of the animation out there right now. And it was kind of a process of elimination. A lot of animation didn't feel right 
right for us. A lot of animation didn't feel like it could really leverage the adventure and, and the color and the, the energy and the magic that is Rainbow Land. We took a look at a lot of different things. We ended up landing in a place that I think satisfied not only us, but we knew would be you know something that kids would find eye-popping fun and adventurous. Definitely, and would serve this project and the nature of it. Awesome. I love that obviously the kids were thought about when creating it as they should be, but that obviously the older fans were considered so much because you are fans yourself and wanted it to be something you would enjoy. That speaks loads to me because <laughs> I, I think a lot of people were worried that, oh, they're only worried about what children will like. They don't care about the adult fans anymore. They don't care what we think. This is only for kids who like this show or that show um, comparatively. But I love to hear that you've also kept the adult fans in mind, which I already could tell just from what we've seen so far. But some people may not have taken that in as easily as I did. But I did want to at least thank you for that. Yeah. And you're most welcome. You know, we at Phelan strive to create entertainment experiences for the whole family to enjoy together. I mean, that's in our tagline. We're Phelan movies together. And I think that Rainbow Bright fits into that sensibility because we think that this is a property this is a show that you know mother and daughter the whole family can sit down together and enjoy excellent i know i will be absolutely making sure my niece watches it (laughs) not that i'll have to force her she already loves rainbow bright and is excited about the new one so i can't wait to sit down with her and see her reaction that's gonna be so much fun awesome you should tape it I totally will, if at all possible. She lives about three hours from here, so I don't get to just pop down as often as I would like. But I'll absolutely make an effort to do that, because that would be huge for me. (laughs) Can you reveal whether or not there are any merchandising plans currently? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, we're hearing laughter. (laughs) Well, it wasn't a straight-out no, so. (laughs) Would you like there to be merchandising possibilities? If there were merchandise available, would you buy it? Oh, my God, yes. All of it. Like, multiples (laughs) of all of it. (laughs) Well, Rainbow Bright, like any show, is subject to its fans' demands. We demand all the things. Well, I think that I think that you could trust that if fans feel similarly to you that you that you might have that opportunity. But we can't say definitively one way or another right now. Okay, fair enough. So, okay, it's been really fun for us to watch additional details slowly trickle out via your social media websites that you guys have set up. I was just curious if there's anything else you can reveal at this point to our rabid listeners. Wow, you guys want the juicy scoop? We do. <laughs> We're thinking, we're thinking. I was just going to maybe rattle off a couple of questions I've seen a couple of times. One big one is, are Tickle Pink and or Moonglow going to be involved? Mullet <laughs> <laughs> and I are looking at each other. Can you say it yet? I understand if you can't. <laughs> just ask it. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to plead the fifth on that one. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but try, try us again. Try another one. Are the reactions to the trailer and teasers what you expected? Oh, it's a great question. You know, I think the way that the reactions are trending right now, it's two-to-one likes versus dislikes. What we were anticipating and hoping for was fan and viewer engagement, and that's totally what we're seeing. Whether they love it or they hate it or they love to hate it, you know, they're engaged and they're talking about it, and we couldn't ask for more. And I think that as we approach the release date as we continue to release more assets, the response has been only more and more positive, which is, again, all that we can hope for. Yeah, it's also uh, when you're just going off of what the responses have been, uh, Facebook comments or, or Twitter comments and that kind of a thing, it is actually difficult to gauge how much fan response out there is positive and how much fan response is negative. We are just so happy that people are tuning in and we're happy that people are being vocal about it. And we're excited to see what people think when they see the first episode. Absolutely. And it's funny, that's one thing I was looking forward to the most with the new show was the fan reaction. And I think I actually said that in one of our previous podcasts. And I was taken aback 
by all of the negativity in the beginning, especially like you've said, it's it's gotten better as we've gone along. I'm seeing less and less negativity and more and more positivity. I think a lot of that was just knee jerk reaction to change something that somebody has loved their entire life in this one body. And all of a sudden she's in another one. I think people were scared. They, they didn't quite know how to react. So their first knee jerk reaction was, no, I don't want it. No, take it away. But several of them, as I spoke with them more, realized, okay, yes, you, yeah, that was just a knee-jerk reaction. Yes, I'll absolutely give this one a chance. I'm a big fan, so I can't just ignore it. And some people will ignore it, and that's fine if they would rather stick with the original and not have it colored, pun intended, by any other iteration. That's absolutely fine. But I'm hoping that the majority of fans will realize that this new show is not taking anything away from the old one. If anything, it's adding to it. We're getting more information. We're getting to see more out of the characters that we already know and love. I think it's really going to be a positive thing if people can calm down for a minute and give give it a real shot instead of always comparing it to the original and expecting it to be the same, because obviously it's not. And we shouldn't expect it to be. I think it's absolutely incredible. Obviously, there's a little bit we don't know yet because all we've seen are these these tiny trailers. So that's all we have to judge by. And I think some people are judging a bit too harshly before they've seen an entire episode. So I've been trying to remind them, just give it a chance. If you watch the episodes and you still hate it, well, fine. It's just not for you. And that's okay. But I'm really hoping that the majority of the fans will give it a chance. And I think a lot of them will. Yeah, I think the beauty of Rainbow Bride is that this new and current take on her doesn't disqualify or discount the classic version of Rainbow Bright. She'll always be there and she'll always be beloved. And hopefully, like you said, we can just add to the overall mystique of her character. Yes. Oddly enough, the negative feedback in a way has been, (laughs) this is going to sound weird, but heartwarming because it shows how much so many people really love Rainbow Bright. Because when we're just posting pictures here and there or little news stories, there are some core fans that are always right there to say, yes, I love it. Give us more. Thank you. And others kind of lurk in the background. So we, do, we just don't hear from them. We don't get a real feel of how many fans are passionate about it until something like this happens. And then we really see there are hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people that are absolutely passionate about this property. And it's something that has really meant a great deal to them their entire lives. So even if what they're saying right now is negative, or I'm not sure about this, it's at least showing everyone, you guys, us, everybody, that people still love Rainbow Bright so much 30 years later, uh, even if she hasn't been in the public eye, like a lot of her 80s counterparts have, she has not faded away by any means. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> thanks, thanks to thanks to you and fans like you that keep her alive. You know, something about you, Katie, tells me that you're not a lurker. Oh, no. (laughs) That's not in my blood. (laughs) I'm all rainbow all the time. Did you, I don't know if you saw, um, I I think I only posted it on Instagram so far, but I just got a new Rainbow Bright tattoo yesterday. You did? What is it of? I did. It's Rainbow Bright and Twink riding Starlight in front of the Color Castle currently. Uh, it's on my upper arm, and I'm going to be adding to it over the next several months to hopefully include all of the color kids and a rainbow kind of wrapping around. It's the plan is really really cool. I think if it if it turns out the way we're thinking, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. When do you think it'll be done? Uh, the artist said usually with a sleeve, a, a year is about what you can expect, but I'm planning to get it done faster than that. <laughs> How much faster? Well, it has to be, I believe, two to three weeks between each session just to give the skin time to heal. And there's going to be four or five more sections. And that's before we worry about shading around the the actual characters. So, yeah, it'll probably take a few months. (laughs) Wow, Wow, that's incredible. And it's my second tattoo, actually. I've got another one of her on my back that I've had for 12 years. Yeah, I'm I'm hardcore when it comes to Rainbow. <laughs> yes, you are. You have earned your position on this podcast. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> and so has Renee, even if she's scared of needles. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of comments like, oh, my God, you are so brave. I could never do that. I'm like, it's not that hard. It's just a little pain. Then it's a lifetime of color. <laughs> Amazing. 
who would you guys say is your favorite character so far from the new show? Oh, Ooh. that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> no, I, like I said before, Rainbow is really someone hired to. So I think it's cheesy and probably predictable, but I'd have to say Rainbow Bright. Awesome. I'm with you there. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brian myself. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about him after seeing these episodes. But yeah, he's a character that I've I've really come to really come to like a lot. And we've already been so excited that to see that he's a main character now because we loved him so much in the original. But he was just here and there in a few episodes, and we always wanted to see more of him and learn more about him. So to know that he's going to be a main focus this time around is very exciting. Yeah, his character is really fun, and he is our proxy in this world. He is our fish out of water, and we get to see a lot of Rainbow Land through his eyes. It's really fun. Oh, that's excellent. Can you reveal yet if there are any episodes currently planned past the first three that you've announced? Well, you know, um, we're going to hold off on any official announcements, but I I am going to say that, you know, your and the fans' response had a lot to do with whether or not we see more of Rainbow. That's what I was expecting to hear, but just wanted to hear it from you. (laughs) Keep it up. Absolutely. We are going to do everything we can to spread the word and uh, encourage people to to give it a chance. Because I think if they do, they're going to love it. I mean, how can you not when you've got that much color in your face? (laughs) We've actually uh, done a lot of brainstorming about episodes beyond these three. And boy, oh boy, is there some real exciting stuff down the road. Uh, so for us rapid fans who want to either stay up or get up at a specific time to watch the show as early as possible, do you know what time on November 6th it is going to be released? All right. I, I think that you will be excited to know that we'll be releasing it at 7 a.m. Pacific time. So you should be able to enjoy it first thing in the morning. Woo! Excellent. Excellent. That makes me very happy. So wait, I got to go forward, right? So that's 10 a.m. here. That's right. Okay. Awesome. I don't have to set an alarm. Even better. <laughs> I'm ready for it. You West Coasters are the ones that are going to be up early. I'll just be drinking my tea, twiddling my thumbs, <laughs> refreshing the page. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. We'll be right there with you, Katie. Yep, indeed. Awesome. I really wish that Renee lived closer. You know, she's down in Florida and I'm in North Carolina. Otherwise, we would absolutely be at one another's house watching this together. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be so much fun if you could. Although, Renee, are you going to be at work at that time? Yep. No! <laughs> Take yes, the day I'll off. I'll be working. Call in Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can see it now. I'm coming into work late, and then if they find this podcast, I'm really in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't spoil it for you then. I'll just watch it and squeeze silently until you get home from work. <laughs> and then I'll give you a call. Did you just feel silently? Is that <laughs> it is. It, it, according to my husband, it is because I do this thing where he swears only dogs can hear it. But in my head, it's deafening because I'm that excited about something, but it's just not coming out of my vocal cords. <laughs> Kind of like that Sprint iPhone commercial where all the girls scream and it suddenly goes silent, but everything shatters. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I have not shattered glass yet, but I've probably come close. Nice. We'll be on human sound perception. I love it. (laughs) Well, and now that we've seen on your website that Twink, I'm sorry, not Twink, Mr. Glitter is going to be squeaking instead of speaking. Um, What? What? What's this? You didn't see this yet? What? No. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> it was, what, a couple of hours ago? Up on the Rainbow Bright Facebook page and on Twitter, they have a then and now image, which is adorable, by the way. It shows, like, the difference in her hairstyle, the difference in Twink, the difference in Brian and Starlight. Oh, and where it's going to be released or where you can watch it. So, yeah, fans, if you haven't seen it yet... Twink is now known as Mr. Glitter. That's adorable. (laughs) Yeah, uh, just so you know, and for clarification, it's Mr. Glitter is plural, because he's got lots of glitter. Ah, ah, 
Okay, Mr. Glitters. I like that even better, actually. <laughs> and but he but he squeaks now, correct? That's right. He does squeak. Had I known, you know, about the supersonic squeals, we might have considered doing something like that. But yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that his squeaks are adorable. They are. I can already hear it in my head, and, and it's fantastic. And honestly, it makes sense. If you look at the original show, it, it there was never really a good reason for him to speak English when nobody else did. As far as the sprites went, they all had their sprite talk, and he was the translator. Yes, he was the white sprite, but that didn't necessarily have to imbue him with the power of speech. Um, so I, I understand why in the new one he doesn't necessarily have that ability I'm not opposed to it. Some people will probably freak out, but really, it's okay. <laughs> You'll be very impressed with the amount of communication he's able to do with just squeaks. Oh, I'm going to love that because I try to communicate with noises and my husband's always like, use your words, Katie. I don't know what you're trying to say, but it's totally doable. If someone would just take the time to learn my language, it would be obvious what I'm saying. <laughs> I think that uh, you and Mr. Glitter should be pals for life. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Besties. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, one other question I think I have on my list. Uh, we've heard from a few fans that streaming video is not an option for them, um, either due to limited internet, limited devices, um, limited funds at the moment, whatever the, the case may be. Um, are there any plans currently to release this new show on DVD or Blu-ray in the future? Right now, Rainbow is exclusively streaming on Feelin, and it's a fantastic service for a fantastic value. And beyond that, I can't speak to it just quite yet, but we do want to see Rainbow get out there and yeah. reach all of our fans. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about Feelin. I already signed up for the service. Um, haven't had much time to watch the other offerings there yet, but I've seen that there are many that I already love and would love to, to watch again and new things that I haven't seen before. And we're in our house pretty versed with that type of service. We've had Netflix for quite a while and a Roku and a Chromecast and all these devices so we can stream all over the place. My husband's a techie, so he sets all that up and I just enjoy it. There are, you know, there's plenty of ways that you can that you can watch Rainbow as well as plenty of other titles that are really appropriate for like everyone be, to be watching it together. We just recently launched on Apple TV. We're available on Roku, on all of the iOS devices, on all of the Android devices. You know, there's plenty of places where you can find Rainbow, provided that you have access to that kind of technology. And if you don't, come to my house. We'll have a screening party. <laughs> you, you say that now, but I will show up if you make that. <laughs> Well, next time you come to Los Angeles, you let us know. I absolutely will. That will be that will be a fun day. Um, I'm sure that's going to have to happen at some point because I'm so excited about this show. Um, <laughs> so, Renee, um, I'm sorry that I've been monopolizing the conversation. I just had the, the questions in front of me, so I figured I would run down them. But do you have any others? Yes, there were a couple of questions from my list. Um, were there any additions that you had to remove for time for any reason, anything that you came up with for the new show? Oh yeah. It was, you know, there was, there we had a ton of ideas that were just so fun and were kind of heartbreaking to lose, but it's just part of the creative process. You have tons of good ideas and that's the best place to be. Although it is very hard to, to have to cut them out for story or for time or for pacing or for who knows what. I think that it's just a really good sign that there's so many places to go with Rainbow and Rainbow Land that even though it's difficult and painful at the moment to cut out some really great scenes, that there are all these opportunities to bring them back. But of the things that we we had to make those kind of decisions on, we have big plans for, for future episodes for those things. Okay, were there any locations we haven't seen before? Because I see Rainbow Land. Do we get to see Earth or any place else? Are the pits big and bad and ugly? Oh, my goodness. Is Spectra in the future? <laughs> You've got more questions than colors. <laughs> These are all good questions asked by a true fan, but I don't think that we can reveal those locations just okay. quite yet. Everything you have mentioned has been discussed, uh -huh. thought about, brainstormed. Okay. And uh, we can't speak to it. It's a good question. And we share the sentiment. We want Rainbow to be seen by all of her fans, you know, and we hope that that she will. I, I'm sure as soon as we hang up, I'm going to come up with 50 more questions. But I, I think that's all I have for now. OK. Is there anything else you would just like to say 
that we did not uh, that we not bring up ourselves. Well, I would like to just thank you, Katie, and you, Renee, for having us on your podcast. Think that your enthusiasm for Rainbow is is so encouraging and contagious, even with us, you know, here at Phelan. And also, even though you know Lawrence and I are the representatives of Rainbow. For this interview, there are a ton of people here who have put long, long hours and lots of creative juices and energy into making this possible. So like a a big thanks to them. We couldn't have done it without the team. We wouldn't be here today if the originators of Rainbow Bright, you know, hadn't created our beloved character. And that and if that hallmark being our parent company and allowing us to take this new version and really run with it. We're very indebted to the original artist and to hallmark for allowing us to bring Rainbow Bright back to life. Of course, founder and CEO of Phelan, Rob Freed, who had the foresight to just empower us to make this thing possible. To Lawrence, who really steered the ship and who was a guiding creative force in all aspects of the the animated process. Our animation producer, Jack Lilburn, who really um, had to keep us on course and make this thing even possible. And our animation directors. Evan Cooper and Jaime Velasquez for their the creative um, energy and spirit and work on literally, you know, animating and animating this thing for making it possible. So a big thanks to our, our core creative team. I hope I haven't missed anybody. Yeah, well, I'd also throw in there Mariana Flores, our, our editor. She's a, a huge animation super fan and extremely knowledgeable, and she's been a great resource for us for the show, too. Yeah, Mariana Flores is a, is a multi-talented a filmmaker here at Phelan. She's worked on a number of our live action and documentary projects, as well as being the sole and key editor for Rainbow Bright. And of course, our huge animation crew who has been working tirelessly, so, so, so tirelessly um, to achieve what has been an incredible creation that we are extremely proud of. Yeah. You know, it's funny because we're in here having this interview with you now. And I mean, they're literally outside of Lawrence's office door, <laughs> making the magic happen. <laughs> I want to like send them some muffins or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess lastly, you know, we'd, we'd we'd like to thank you two both, Katie and Renee. You know, we've 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 been keeping a, an eye on your guys' podcast ever since we got started, and it's been a real guiding light as far as fans of of Rainbow Bright, and and we've really really really. We've been super happy lately to, to finally be able to, you know, reach out to you guys and sit down and talk. Well, it's made us extremely happy as well. <laughs> Thank you guys so much uh, for taking the time to do this and for initiating the contact. In previous incarnations of updates with Rainbow Bright, we've had little to no interaction with the creative people behind it, uh, which was which was sad. I mean, we couldn't thank them or express concerns if we had any uh but with you guys it's wonderful to know that we have this this relationship where we can speak about uh what's going on and get some information if needed uh to pass on to the fans etc so thank you again so 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 very much thank you guys thanks so much for having us on the podcast and thank you so much for your enthusiasm about and around rainbow bright So I hope you enjoyed that amazing interview because we certainly did. Yep, that was a lot of fun. And I really do look forward to doing it again sometime. Me too. So be sure to tune in on November 6th at 7 a.m. Pacific time. So that's 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, I suppose. So be sure to be there if at all possible. I know I will be. Otherwise, it'll be there, you know, going forward. It's not like it's only there for an hour and it's going to go away. Once it's up, it's up. So you'll have you'll have time whenever you get a chance. And be sure to tune in to Brightcast for more exclusives um, on what's coming up next. If you also have the chance, if you have video capability or anything, why don't you record you or your children's reactions to the new Rainbow Bright and upload them to YouTube uh, with the hashtag Bright is back. And I definitely look forward to seeing those. Ditto. We'll probably be putting our own up pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, well, of course, we want to hear back from all of you guys. If you enjoyed this interview, or there's questions regarding the new Rainbow Bright, or just want to you know state your own views, you can welcome to leave us a voicemail. Our voicemail box is 702-900-STAR or 702-900-7827. Or you can leave us a message using vocaroo.com and then email us that file. And you email it to brightcast, that's B-R-I-T-E-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Yay! Well, until our next episode, everybody, um, have have a rainbow rainbow day. day! And this is Lawrence Braun, executive producer of Rainbow Bright. And we, you, are listening to Brightcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) We'll be back. Don't go away.